Hi, and welcome to the Life Daily Podcast. I'm the host, Nina, and today I'm having a conversation with Till and Marco from the successful YouTube channel Broken Window Theory. If you know the podcast, nice to see you again. If you're new here, let me tell you a bit about the podcast. In each episode, I interview guests on their passions so that they can share their story and inspire us. I believe that passions can help us overcome fears. This is why passions are so important to me. In this episode, I have the pleasure to interview Till and Marco, who are urban explorers. They explore abandoned places, for example, factories, residential homes, and hospitals. They post their discoveries on their YouTube channel that now has more than 300,000 followers. In today's episode, they will explain what Urbex is, how and why they started Urbex, the dangers of Urbex, how Urbex changed their mindset, and also what Urbex tells us about the future of humankind. If you're interested, make sure to keep on listening. I hope you'll like this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Feedback is always appreciated, so don't hesitate to leave the podcast to review or contact me directly on Instagram at thelifetheylive underscore podcast. Lastly, of course, thanks to Till and Marco for featuring as guests on my podcast. Hi, Till and Marco. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm very happy you accepted to be here. Uh, how are you doing? Very fine. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Yeah, of course. It's a, it's a pleasure. I mean, I'm very excited to learn more about Urbex also. And you have a lot of experience, so it's definitely going to be a great conversation. And I can't wait to, I can't wait to hear more about it. But before you can maybe introduce yourself in a few words, maybe for the people that don't know you. Yeah, um, we are Marco and Till. We are two filmmakers from Germany, and we are doing urban exploration, which is um, exploring ruins all around the world for about 10 years now. Uh, we're producing little documentaries where we tell about the history of the places, and we are uploading them uh, to YouTube since 2016, so for quite some time. Okay, great. Yeah, we're going to talk about your how you started, because I'm kind of curious to know to know more about that um before i don't know if you want to do like a little disclaimer before we start about uh, urbex and also explain what urbex is because i realized preparing this episode actually that some people don't even know what urbex is so maybe it would be nice to explain it a little yeah so i think there are a bunch of definitions for the term urban exploration it can be like different things for us it's exploring abandoned places but for other people this can mean infiltrating half active hospitals or climbing on roofs and stuff like this but we are exclusively focusing on abandoned places most of the times because for us it's basically the most interesting part to see these ruins and what's left behind and you mentioned a disclaimer that's something we are doing uh, before we start every of our videos because exploring abandoned places is usually uh, a bit dangerous and most of the time it's not legal at all so um, what we are doing is trespassing most of the time so uh, we can get trouble with the law like basically every time we are uh, on the road and that's why you should really think about this before you start exploring so just a quick disclaimer 
I think the term pretty much describes it very good because it's urban exploration. It's pretty much what we did. Uh, it was, uh, we were about 17 years old, I think, and we were just roaming around and uh, yeah, we discovered by accident an abandoned factory. And there was, um, on the lower levels, there was an open window and we thought, why not just go for it? So we entered the place because it felt pretty exciting. It was something new. And uh, automatically we got completely, the atmosphere of the place was amazing. We never have seen something like that before. And uh, yeah, it really, the atmosphere caught us. So um, we were exploring this place. We saw stuff we haven't seen before. And it was like a big, big um, adventure playground. Yeah, I mean, you have to imagine the scene. It was in the middle of the night, I think. And then we yeah. saw stuff like there was a radiation sign at some point. I'm not sure why, because I'm pretty sure it wasn't like a radioactive factory. But this was weird for us. Then there was a wall painted red. It looks actually like somebody shot himself there. But of course, it was just paint, we hope. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty intense and thrilling actually and it got us hooked yeah basically yeah so, i can imagine for sure but so you kind of just ended up there or did you actually plan to not planned at all no. it just happened you already knew that it existed urban exploration or it's after that experience that you started kind of researching a little bit more yeah absolutely we um got into the hobby let's call it hobby um because we researched for for another abandoned place online uh, so pretty much around our hometown and we came across we came across this factory and that place and all of a sudden we came across this term urban exploration and we looked it up and we realized that there's a big big international community doing what we did by accident and uh, then we saw some some examples some photos people took all around the world of abandoned ships, hospitals, bunkers deep underground. And we were fascinated because pretty much everything you can see in your everyday life, it already exists abandoned. And that's a fascinating thought. Yeah, I can imagine for sure. And um, so this podcast is about passions. I interview guests on their on their passions. So I also wanted to ask you how it became a passion, because there's a difference which is, you know, exploring you know, one site and then actually, um, you know, make it become like your job and spending so much time on it. Yeah, I think that's because, as I mentioned earlier, it hooked us. Um, we really, really wanted to see more of these places. Uh, we started to travel to different countries just to see abandoned places and, and explore them. These road trips were like, 10 days long, uh, sometimes it was just a week, sometimes it was two weeks, but we really traveled exclusively to see abandoned places because we really loved to do this. And I don't know, we, are, we were always avid with like photography and editing videos and shooting videos. So it was pretty normal for us that we thought about uploading these adventures to YouTube. So we just did it like with every exploration we filmed we uploaded this to youtube and so we started our youtube channel and i mean now we have almost 200 episodes online on our channel and 300,000 subscribers from all over the world so it's crazy if you 
think how this started with us roaming around in the middle of the night and just approaching this abandoned factory. So it's absolutely crazy. And it's, uh, yeah, and often when we talk um, with other people about what we do, they cannot really understand what's so interesting about abandoned houses because most of the people, they think of, uh, of mold and dust and just you're, you get dirty when you get inside and you can hurt yourself. But this place is, they've got an atmosphere which is quite special. And especially as uh, photographers, you find motives there you cannot find in the rest of the world. So for us, it was pretty much a bit like sightseeing, maybe. I think people from the US, they come to Paris to see the, the Tower of Paris. There, and uh, then they go to London. And every, everywhere they, they visit those, those cities to see something special. And we did the same. But uh, yeah, maybe a bit off the beaten track. Yeah, I mean, I find it a bit curious that you say that people sometimes may wonder why you do this, do this because on my side, I had the impression that most people are kind of intrigued by urban exploration. So I thought that, um, I don't know, like, do you think most people uh, are kind of uh, intrigued by it or that's not really the impression that, that you get? It's hard to say because there are really a lot of people who like it, but there are also a lot of people who really don't like it at all. I think okay. the people who like it, they like it for different aspects. Some like it because uh, they can go there to these places and be alone because abandoned places are exactly this abandoned. There are no people at all. So some people go there to take a break from society. And for example, if these people are artists, they go there with their spray can and do a great um, piece of art with their graffiti or other people even go there to play music. We experienced this as well. Um, so people like it for the most different reasons. But as I said, people also don't like it because it's illegal, it's dirty, and they have like other hobbies. If you think of yeah. it like a touristic attraction kind of, then most of the people, they like to take a path which is already clean and nice and everything is prepared. You've got this viewpoint there you can look at the nice waterfall and then you go down the path and you've got a restaurant, everything is prepared. And for urban exploration, it really gives you this aspect of exploring. Therefore, the name, it's um, mm -hmm. you have to find your own path and there's something new around every corner. And this is, this is what really got us yeah. hooked with this hobby. Yeah, in fact, it's a cheap and easy way to go on an adventure. You don't have to travel far. I mean, you can just go to the abandoned building in your hometown, then go inside with your camera and explore. And there you have it, a great adventure on your free afternoon, for example. Yeah, it's funny because on my previous podcast episode, I had a conversation with a tour leader. And um, we talked a bit about, uh, especially for Europeans, sometimes you feel like you have to go, you know, to, I don't know, Asia or America to really uh, have a big adventure. And actually, uh, you know, with the pandemic, especially a lot of people couldn't travel. And sometimes, you know, in your in your hometown or not far from your house, you can have adventures. You don't always need to go to the further, you know, place. So I think that's uh, interesting that uh, you mentioned that you mentioned that now. And um yeah, I can imagine that if you you talked about tourism, that we all have different, you know, ways of 
being tourists. So for sure, some people, it might fit them that, that way. And then for others, maybe that's not what they are comfortable with. So um, maybe this exploring abandoned places is also some kind of dark tourism. Maybe I'm not really sure with the term, but people um, stop wanting to see these mainstream locations in, overall in the world because it's like mainstreamy to do this and they want to see something different. So maybe more people start yeah. with exploring abandoned places. I think we could see this during the pandemic already. And I think more people started with this hobby during the pandemic. It got a bit hyped. At least it was like that over here in Germany. Yeah. And it's like, it's not only people doing it on their own. There are, for example, guided tours to Chernobyl by now, which was uh, a few years back. Um, this was like the holy grail to explore there are movies and video games about it like a stalker i don't know that's a very old game and you can roam around the ruins and by now there are white buses rushing in with guided groups uh, checking out the place it's uh, making it touristy again so yeah. i mean you need now it's getting mainstreamy to go to chernobyl yeah so now you need a different place to go to or like different approach to see Chernobyl. There are also these stalker tours, like going there without a guide and exploring it on your own. Um, it's of course dangerous because it's a radioactive zone, at least partly. So yeah, I can see why many people want to rather go there with a guide. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you've been doing this before the pandemic, so you can probably have a good idea of how it's, uh, how it's yeah progressing and developing, so. Yeah, I didn't really think about the fact that with the pandemic it's more and more common, but that that does that does make sense. And uh, you also mentioned that you started a YouTube channel because you had experience in photography. So did you? It was that part of your studies, or how did you have that experience? At least it was like that for me. Um, I always knew that I want to do something with video. And when I was a kid, I played a lot with my like camera and then later with the smartphone and filmed stuff and edited uh, that stuff. And then after the school, I was an intern in a local TV station and I really, really liked it there to like shoot the news and edit uh, the news the same day. And then I see the final product at the end of the day in the news show. So I decided to study this whole thing, TV production. Uh, special specialized in TV camera work. Um, so I went to Leipzig for this and lived there for four years and worked at, in a TV station again next to my study. So I really, really learned a lot during that time. So it was only natural to integrate this knowledge into our urban exploration project. That's why you can see these, this documentary approach in our current videos, I think. Yeah. So we've got the same interests and we uh, we met in school and we became friends because of that, because of the shared fascination for video production. But for me, it was uh, my father who gave me my first camera. And then I traveled a lot, always. Um, as soon as I got some free time, I, I traveled. And I took a lot of pictures and I like shooting video and I like taking pictures, but I'm not much of a cutter. So most of that is Marco's job. Um, yeah, but we, I had some experiences in working on a film set, for example, but I studied environmental engineering for four years. Okay. So that's 
has got nothing to do with this, what we do by now. Uh, and so, yeah, I kind of gathered some experiences by just doing it. And Marco is the brain. <laughs> but studying this, this also helped us, I mean, with the whole asbestos thing, for example. Yeah, so it has, it true, has yeah. actually some connections to abandoned places. Maybe you can explain this with asbestos. Uh, well, there are, urban exploration is dangerous because of uh, some, some things. Uh, one of them is, of course, directly hurting yourself by falling into a, a hole, hitting your knee, stepping into a rusty nail, something yeah, like mostly that. Mostly it's dark in these places, so we don't see this. Yeah, and everything is rotted. Mm -hmm. But then you've got uh, more, uh, it's not that obvious, for example, mold. Invisible dangers. Yeah, mold, asbestos, other building materials they used back in the days, or uh, for example, if something got burned and you inhale that stuff, it's it can be quite toxic. And uh, one part of my studies was to think about how to tear down abandoned buildings and to do the whole thing safe. So I learned quite something uh, about all that materials, which comes in quite handy now. We don't see much explorers who use um, FFP-free protection masks, for example, and they better should do it. <laughs> so, yeah. It's not really fun. In our videos, we don't often wear, wear them, but... Um... If it's necessary, I mean, if Till spots something, a scene where it's necessary, we put them on and then, yeah. So we are usually prepared. We also have gloves and yeah. when it's necessary. Yeah, especially, let's say uh, we're talking about urban exploration, somebody sees or listens to this podcast and they want to start with it, please inform yourself because um, asbestos, really, it's not so fun. <laughs> and um, there are quite easy ways to protect yourself wearing a proper respirator mask, wearing gloves. Uh, but for example, if you go to a, to a place which is quite, uh, how do you say, ventilated by air, mm -hmm. so a lot of broken windows, uh, maybe it's a bit wet, so there cannot be a big, um, a big cloud of dust when you walk through it, so it's fine. But for example, you go to a bunker, everything is full of fungus and mold and yeah, it's should, interesting. Yeah, it's, by now it sounds like there are more reasons not to do urbex, but for us there are even more reasons to do urbex, and that's why we are doing it. I mean, as long as you're prepared for like the negative stuff, it's a great thing to do, basically. Yeah, no, for sure. I can imagine that uh, you do have to prepare. You can just like walk around and go like that. But I think it's really interesting how you kind of like mix all your, your passions and your interests because you talk like now because of your channel, you can like travel, but you're also exploring and you're also doing the editing and you're mixing your knowledge of uh, uh, environmental engineering. So I think that's great that I don't know if it was conscious or if it just kind of happened, but that you kind of like mix all your interests together as one. I can imagine that's very fulfilling also for you to be at that stage, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we have to say, I think uh, both of us, we didn't expect it to make a living from that channel when we started it. We just, we just wanted to explore and we just wanted to share what we do. And we did. And by now, um, we kind of make a living from it. So it's yeah. something we didn't yeah. like uh, made a business plan of or something. It just no, but I think that's also a good thing, right? Not to like when you start to just start because you're passionate and not start to you know to make money or I mean, at exactly. least, yeah. And you're more authentic, I guess, that way. So 
that's definitely and then you don't keep it up on the long term if you're just there for the money i guess i mean i don't know at least that's what i think you do need to like what you're doing of course and uh, yeah and as long this is working for us i think we should just true. do this yeah you always have to keep that attitude i think yeah so even yeah. we're making a living from it we're still doing it out of passion not for making a living so and uh i would be pretty happy if it stays like that so but i'm pretty sure it does so that's, that's great yeah but i can imagine it's not that easy because you know you do need to like make a living out of it so it like yeah i guess it's not always easy sometimes to to keep your feet on the ground i guess and uh yeah so it's definitely good that you that you managed to do it and uh um, yeah, you can kind of say we are in a way artists and usually artists have problems to gain funds for their projects we are uh, by now we are kind of privileged we have a lot of uh, patrons on our um, supporting platform patreon we're giving money to us uh, this makes this whole thing possible for us so without them it would be tricky because our other main source of income is the youtube algorithm mm -hmm. with the monetization of the videos and I mean, sometimes this doesn't work that well. Yeah, it's not a stable income from yeah. YouTube. So, yeah, I can yeah. imagine. It's kind of <laughs> <laughs> but you do benefit for sure from uh, that attitude because I I see in all the comments you have that you often have the same recurring comments. People telling you that you have great, you know, production quality and great respect for the environments that you visit. So, you definitely get rewarded with, with that so i think it's nice as long as you're you know um happy with your like where you're going i think that's the that's the most important i was going to ask you actually what is your objective as urban explorers do you like on your on your channel mainly what is your what is the message you want to to share so i think we see ourselves as kind of historical preservationists so we want to keep the memories of the places alive because we can see that a lot of places we've explored uh, a few years back that they already they got rebuilt or they got teared down uh, so they don't longer exist in a form when we explore them so for us it's very important to to keep the history of the place alive that's what we do by shooting the video telling the history and uploading it where it's in the internet and you can really delete it and um, the second message we put out there is stay curious because exploring is something every everybody has it inside them and uh, that's something we should really do even in our everyday life so no matter what you do for us it's urban exploration and traveling in general but you can you can stay curious in so many different ways and that's like the general message of our channel I would say yeah, I think staying curious is something people always did, like our ancestors all the time. And by now, I'm not sure if people really pursue this. Um, maybe nowadays they are a bit lazy and rather chill at home and watch Netflix and stuff. Um, but still, it's, it's inside of us, the aspect of exploring and staying curious. So I think this makes us happy if we pursue this. Great. Yeah, I think that that fits also with the message of my podcast because for me it's more like stay passionate I guess and I mm -hmm. always try to show that even if people are listening to this episode but they're not you know passionate about urbex that it doesn't matter you can still get out of the like from the message you know to stay curious stay passionate 
and then you can still like get uh, the the energy and then find inspiration from that and it doesn't mean you have to do urbex or you have to you know follow the the guest fashion but you can just you know find inspiration in their their experience so i think that's that that's great that uh, that you say that and does it actually the meaning of your channel broken widow theory do, does it have uh, is it connected to to that uh, stay curious uh, logo so the name of our channel broken window theory uh, refers to a popular theory which is called broken windows theory so with an s after the window and this is a, a theory about crime minor crimes causing more crimes or decay so this was a popular theory in the 90s and i think in new york city police uh, was really after this and they um, did this in their everyday life meaning they um to explain this theory uh, if there's like an abandoned factory and someone uh, smashes in one of the windows and this window doesn't get repaired anytime soon they think this means there is more decay to come. So more people come, more vendors and throw in more windows or take this whole building with graffiti. And these other crimes were all caused by this one first crime. So what police did back then was to really go after minor crimes. And looking back, this was really like destructive mm -hmm. for us. Um, this whole theory um, means that if you go to an abandoned place, um, it all started with a broken window, like maybe a window to something new, like a new opportunity. So what we are doing now is giving this negative um, theory a new approach because the destructive uh, police measurements uh, back then, they really caused something bad because they did go after all these minor crimes um, to stop these big crimes but after all this didn't work at all so that's why uh, it has a really bad reputation back then and we really try to give this theory a new and better meaning now okay yeah i didn't know about the, that theory so it's interesting to to know to know more about it and um and yeah, I mean, I think we're going to talk also a little bit about that whole uh, vandalism aspect and the fact that it's more accepted. But I think, like you said, in the past, maybe it was a bit more um, taboo. I don't know if we can say it like that. But now, do you think it's like more accepted or it's still... Because like also the fact that you show your face on your YouTube channel, do you think that's... Uh, because you know that there is likely not to be any repercussions or how do you feel about that? I mean, there's always always the chance that someone goes after us, but after all, look what we are doing. I mean, we are somehow tourists with cameras, mm -hmm. uh, climbing over a fence, going into an abandoned building and taking pictures. So why should they go after us? I mean, there are real criminals out there. Every time we had to face police or security, they were more like, dudes, go away from here and not they didn't send us to jail or something yeah i mean yeah what what are we doing taking pictures so yeah we had encounters yeah. um, with security and they saw five guys in black jackets going into the factory with big backpacks without without uh, our camera gear and so they expected the worst 
they went inside the factory hall, they uh, called for us, and then they realized what we are doing, kind of documenting the place and uh, taking pictures and exploring. And so they became very friendly and they just said, guys, I'm sorry you're not allowed, please leave. And we never had any any big consequences. Uh, I think one time we paid a fine for trespassing, but we're doing this for 10 years now. So yeah, that's not a it's, lot. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it depends on your approach. If you are friendly and don't destroy anything, and yeah. it's about respect. Yeah, mm -hmm. don't steal. So yeah. Yeah, I guess it depends also on the previous like uh, urban explorers that came before you. If the police is used to them, you know, not being respectful, for example, they might be already less uh, inclined to, you know, be nice, I guess. But uh, if everyone kind of keeps that uh, respectful attitude, then probably it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, like we said in the beginning, there are different aspects to urban exploration. And I think I speak for both of us when I say that um, we mostly like the places which are run down and completely forgotten. So we don't really disturb anybody by exploring those places. Um, but there are people who, who try to to uh, go into hopefully active power plants. And I can, I can imagine that somebody gets disturbed by it because they've got kind of a security system there. Then somebody goes inside and uh, triggers an alarm and they are alerted. And then they go there and see that just somebody's taking pictures. That's yeah. no direct damage, but nonetheless, they always got this triggering of the security system, which is meant to, to protect from situations which are worse, of course. But for us, it's mm -hmm. uh, the best aesthetic to a place and uh, most of the time, the most interesting history to a place is uh, from places who are completely forgotten, like ghost homes. And uh, yeah, there's... Yeah. Yeah, I've seen uh, those videos that are quite incredible of those uh, ghost towns. So I can imagine you get a particular feeling when you're when you're there. And because uh, you said you you want to look at the places that are the most abandoned or most forgotten, do you feel like there are some places like that that are technically like abandoned, but there's so many maybe urban explorers or tourists that at the end it's not that abandoned? I don't know if that makes sense as a as a question. Chernobyl. Yeah, maybe. Somewhere. So it makes definitely sense what you said. So it doesn't seem really abandoned anymore because you approach a lot of different people there. Um, it didn't happen that often to us. So when we are going to places, we are usually alone. But of course, sometimes we are meeting other photographers there. Um, but of course, this can happen if you go to a small abandoned place and there are like two or three different groups um this doesn't really make any fun to explore because it doesn't have the abandoned place vibes anymore yeah. so and it's very rare that we find a true time capsule so most of the time when you're exploring you find something which belongs to other explorers or people in general okay. um often you see motives people took pictures of which are staged so uh they they want to take a good shot and they rearrange the furniture and stuff like that. And it's pretty obvious in most of the cases. Mm -hmm. So uh, often you've got this feeling of, okay, this place, we are alone here by now, but uh, it's not completely abandoned. Yeah. So uh, the best places for us are the places where you really got this, this illusion of uh, kind of being the last people on earth. 
yeah, like uh, after the apocalypse or something, and where you can see the power of nature. So this is a really incredible thing. We go to places, maybe toxic factories and stuff like that, really dangerous places, dangerous to humans. But what we always see is how nature is coming back. And that's just crazy. And that also gives hope in a way, because you see that humankind can try to destroy the world, but it will only destroy itself basically but never the planet so the planet will recover after we destroyed ourselves so that's kind of something good i guess <laughs> yeah i can imagine that's a very weird and interesting feeling at the same time um and talking about you know like the places that are abandoned but there's still urban explorers going there that's why also you keep the the sites private right you never really reveal the the locations of the sites yeah. also to keep that privacy and uh, respect the, the, the place, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's different if you upload a video and this video gets viewed like two million times, something like this. Mm -hmm. It's really tricky to keep these locations private, but we are trying this with our voiceover. We also have like a voiceover in our videos to tell the history of these places and we don't share too much of this place, like yeah. where it's located or the exact dates. But it's pretty tricky to be to be honest because we want to share the history, we want to tell the facts about the mm -hmm. place. And in the same time we try to keep it as uninformative as yeah. possible to to not make it too easy to find it. But in our way, uh, the way we see it, it's um we don't wanna keep away other explorers who are exploring the way we do. But we want to keep away people who just want to go there to chill, leave their trash, steal, uh, or even people who steal like copper and other materials. They rip apart the walls, they take the pipes and everything. Uh, those are the people mm -hmm. we don't want to share the informations with. But um, even if we give away the historical facts about the place, you still need some research to find the place. And in our opinion, it's okay to find the place if you put in the work of research. So uh, most of the people who've got like bad intentions, they won't do it to to take the time to research it. Yeah, and uh, talking about that that research, it's um it's clear in your videos that you definitely do a lot of uh, of research to you know um have facts and also have this historical perspective and not just you know show the the place but also make sure that you have additional elements to to the images so i think that's really interesting because then you also kind of get like a history you know uh, background from it that's really nice and how do you prepare then for your episodes in regarding that research do you ask locals or do you like research on the internet or just on the site yeah. so usually usually do the research after the explorations so we go to these places without that much knowledge and this is somehow nice because we can get surprised. But for telling the history, of course, we need all the info. So when we are preparing the video, um, we are doing the research online most of the time. So when I was working for the news, I did this like basically every day. So I had a lot of experience doing this. And it's not that hard at all, actually, to find information about most of the abandoned places. So I'm kind of curious why not that much more urbexers are doing this. So 
I see a lot of urbex photographers sharing photos, but without any additional history info. So I think that somehow maybe wasted potential stuff, or maybe the viewers want to learn the story and they just don't share it. But actually, it's kind of easy to find out the info. Yeah, I guess it also depends on your interest. If you're just purely interested on the the thrill, I guess, or the the experience. Yeah, I don't know. But it's definitely interesting for the viewer to have that additional aspect for sure so it's great uh it's great that, that that you do that and um so yeah also in terms of the the research in terms of finding the the places um is that also mostly done on the internet or do you also maybe sometimes get recommendations from your followers now that you have a lot of uh, followers yeah when it comes to finding the places we have a really good mm -hmm. network by now like trusted sources other explorers and locals who know the um, up-to-date info of some places and they are sharing uh, places with us or even showing us these places when we are over there. But we are also getting tips by the community, our viewers. Um, mostly these locations aren't that interesting to us okay. um, because we have like really high standards by now and of most of the time we already knew this location they are sharing with us so and um, our most trusted sources are the contacts we have like on site and yeah. and it's fun to meet them one day and then explore together so that's pretty nice yeah and regarding the history we do most of the research online um we can do find a lot of uh, articles on the newspaper for example which is still um uh, available on the internet and speaking with locals most of the time isn't an option because it's an abandoned place yeah. so <laughs> it's not quite likely that you will encounter somebody in there but uh, we had the case with this um in sardinia we visited an abandoned mining town and there was an old lady walking around she was just hiking and um we had the possibility because we were joined by somebody who was able to speak italian italian and so they did quite some exchange and we got infos about the place and about its history which we would have never found online and this is quite uh yeah that's quite amazing mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. and i would love to to have this for every place but unfortunately <laughs> not much people are uh, yeah <laughs> are in abandoned places i mean we could always try to ask the neighbors but sometimes neighbors don't really like that people are going to these abandoned places next door because most of the time they are going there to like destroy something or I don't know, having a party. And that's why they don't really like if you go to them yeah. and say, yeah, I just explored this building. Can you tell me more about this? Yeah. Then they might call the police. Plus it's quite time consuming to do it, I think. And uh, when we are on trip, we uh, mostly do like two or three locations a day. Yeah for 10 or 14 days straight and so if we would do this research in the local village it would maybe like take double the time yeah for sure so you mostly have like a, a few days dedicated to exploration and then you just for a few weeks uh like work on the editing or how do you organize yourself then when it comes to filming the the, the videos we collect lots of backlog or we collected lots of backlog by now. I think we've got uh, footage for about the next year. Maybe, yeah. Uh, 
we don't upload much because it takes quite a lot of time for for uh, cutting and editing mm -hmm. so we can do like one video every two or three weeks and um so we do the trips we gather the footage then we come home and we are planning the next trip and in between we are editing but um yeah it's not like we can edit the footage straight away mm -hmm. so what you see on the channel mostly is about uh, one year old so. okay so you do like uh, one or two trips a year, then something like that, or like w trips where you more. do yeah more. The backlog is getting yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, last year we did like four or five bigger trips. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And if you're always on every trip, like record at least six videos, but you're publishing only every other week, there's a big, big backlog. Mm -hmm. um, that's why it takes a while until you see footage from like, it will take a while until you see the footage we were shooting at the be beginning of this year. I think we will show this maybe 2023 20, or something. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. Because we have other projects we yeah. want to show first. Yeah, so you always, uh, like even if you don't explore uh, places, so I guess frequently, so always have like new projects you can you can work on to keep the excitement, I guess. Uh, we thought about it quite recently that we also want to do other travel projects because um, when we've got that much backlog of urban exploration, we want to put some other footage in between because uh, most of the time you're traveling to foreign countries and they've got so much more to offer than just abandoned mm -hmm. places. So Italy, for example, it has an amazing landscape. You could do so much uh, interesting stuff. And uh, yeah, we've got the possibility to, to do documentaries about that as well. but. We just need more time for that, and uh, then we can kind of fill in between the urban exploration videos. We can fill in other travel projects. That's what we are going to do in the next years, for sure. Okay, and because yeah. you've been to so many countries like yeah. uh, Germany, you were saying Italy or France, uh, even much more. Is there like uh, I know this might be a hard question, I don't know, but one country that marked you the most when it comes to urban exploration? Definitely. Yeah. It's Italy, I guess. Yes. We've been there three times already. And this place is amazing because uh, they don't really have the money and the interests to care about abandoned places. By interests, I don't mean they don't care about the places, but they don't care okay. if you enter. So exploring in Italy is it's damn easy. You just go inside there and most of the people, they look at you, sometimes they greet you while you are walking inside. And in France, for example, they are very alerted and they've got this big, big opinion of private property. One time we were flying a drone uh, to, to take a video of an abandoned church. And right next to it, the people were running out of their houses and were like, you're filming my garden. And we said, no, no, we're just filming the church and take the drone down immediately. And they've got a... Yeah, a different opinion to private property. Italy, they don't yeah, have it. Yeah. And then there's this nice architecture in Italy. It's kind of unique, I'd say. And to see this nice architecture in an abandoned way is nice as well. And then the nature coming back and reclaiming this place. It's just the most beautiful locations, in my opinion, that we found in Italy so far. Absolutely. Plus, we've got a... Uh, quite a rustical way of traveling. So we 
pitching a tent almost every night and in Italy this feels good <laughs> because you're you're next to the ocean or next to a river and you've got uh, a lot of freedom in this country to sleep yeah. wherever you want most of the time you've got nice weather you've got nice food it's uh, just a very very nice yeah, it's a, definitely like a different way to to visit a country and then to observe the different you know cultural aspects i mean as a french person for example i've never like explored abandoned buildings so i did like i don't have the same experience as you so it's funny that you have another experience of friends that i may have so it's definitely like a way to get to know the country even further i guess so that's definitely a an interesting mm -hmm. an interesting point do you have any experience of exploring abandoned I do, places i guess i don't know like experience because i was i did it just once um but um basically for the little background story i lived in uh, detroit michigan in the us when i was uh, younger and so there it's obviously like perfect for exploring abandoned buildings so i kind of ended up <laughs> seeing one I saw, I think, a church and a school. So it was definitely very interesting for me. But I was, uh, I think I was like 15. So I, was, I went with my parents um, because my mom is a photographer. So she was uh, with a group exploring a lot of uh, like buildings. And she realized that this one was quite safe, I guess, to go to. But I, I didn't really realize what I was doing. I think I just thought, oh, this is interesting. But yeah, I think it's it would be nice to do it again, like older and have more of a like a deeper impression of uh, of what I'm doing and not, you know, more uh, background experience, I guess. But yeah, it was definitely a interesting experiment. So yeah, I, I guess that's the only experience I have exploring an abandoned building. Yeah, maybe after our talk, you have the, 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 the urge to explore the next time you see an yeah. abandoned place. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can uh, help you to find a cool location in your area. It would be definitely interesting. It's something you do have to prepare, though. I mean, as you've explained, so um, I'm quite like a person who likes to be, uh, I don't know, kind of uh, in control of what I'm doing. So I don't know if I would just like randomly go to an abandoned building, but definitely it's something that I would be interesting to do in the future, you know, explore, um, explore more and... Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just hard if you don't have a community already. I don't know for you when you started, because like if you just start, like let's say I want to start uh, exploring, I wouldn't really know, you know, who to contact or like where to go, where to get information. You said you have a big network, but it's kind of hard to, to start, I think. Yeah, in the beginning, it was more like see and enter. So you take the train, you drive around, uh, you see something and you mark it on your map and then on a weekend you uh, we told each other yeah let's uh, just explore the place and the places were less interesting and there were a lot more fails like um, totally trashed or completely locked up security and so on by now we've got a big network which provides us with a lot of information so we know before if it's worth it to enter or not but in the beginning it was a lot of uh, yeah. trial and error. Yeah, I think by now it's more easy to start with this hobby because of the infrastructure. I mean, when we started, there was no Instagram. There were only a few forums where you could get info online. By now, tons of people are doing this, what we are doing. So it's more easy to connect via Instagram or, I don't know, other platforms. 
you can find locals, they can share up-to-date info with you. So yeah, that's yeah, true. it's quite easy now, I'd say. Have you ever, because now I live in the, in the Netherlands, have you ever explored the Netherlands or, or never? Not yet. Uh, Not yet. Okay. Yeah. I don't know much about the urban exploration in the Netherlands, but, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe in France, then, uh, it would be like, uh, good areas to, to, to explore. You talked also about like, you know, now that you have uh, your YouTube channel, I was kind of wondering, uh, if that adds a certain pressure, because you've said you've been to some buildings sometimes. And then once you're there, especially at the beginning that now it doesn't happen so much, but once you're there, you realize, okay, it's not that interesting. Um, with your YouTube channel, do you kind of have this pressure, you know, to produce content? And what do you do if you end up in unexpected, like, scenarios where, for example, there is no good lighting or, I don't know, the place is just not as interesting as you thought it was going to be? Does that happen often? Yes, never good lighting <laughs> in abandoned places. <laughs> it's, it's always dark. Yeah, true. Too dark most of the time. <laughs> um... I would say since we're doing it since the beginning, it doesn't really add up pressure, but uh, by now we've got a bigger audience, so we kind of don't want to go back in the quality of the content we're producing. So yes, we've got the situations when we go to a place and we say, oh, okay, no, it's, it's not enough for a video. Then uh, we maybe, maybe we just take pictures or uh, we do like a, compilation of shorter abandoned places and add them up to a bigger video uh something like that's possible but uh, most of the time we prepare our routes we take um quite good so let's say we we've got 15 pinpoints on the map and 10 of them are good that's 10 yeah. 10 places still so even yeah. if there are five whack places it's it's still okay yeah, I mean, 10 potential videos, that's a lot. That's enough for, I don't Five know, months. three months. I don't know, maybe uh, a little time, basically, with just 10 locations. So, Yeah, I can imagine maybe that was more like at the be at the beginning that you had those uncertainties. But now, like you said, with your bigger network, I guess that's less uh, recurrent. And also, you explore a lot of different uh, types of buildings some are more like private for example you know private households where families used to live and i was kind of wondering how you if you prepare differently based on the the buildings you're gonna explore like for example because i can imagine if you explore a private household where a family lived and you have access to the letters you know the photographies of the family that must be like a complete different feeling to if you explore an abandoned factory for example do you what do you what could you say about that I think in places like factories, hospitals, and so on, uh, you've got a feeling of how things are working. And that's quite interesting. So you, I don't know if there's another possibility to really climb around a factory if it's not abandoned. Um, same yeah. thing for hospitals, castles, and so on. So all those, all this infrastructure stuff, it's very nice to explore because of the, the way it's working. Uh, personal households give you uh, mixed feelings, for sure. It's like in, we always call it interactive museum, but we, we call every abandoned place is an interactive museum. But it's like uh, you can discover history firsthand 
and you've got this weird feeling of this stuff actually belonged to real people. So you you can you can read a letter handwritten one hundred years ago, and that's crazy. And this stuff it gets wasted. Um, it should belong to a museum, that's for sure, but it doesn't, and it just rots away. And this gives you this feeling um, and this insight of the transience of everything. So these were real people like you and me, and they had a family, and they were living there. And then at some point, they died. Their heirs weren't interesting, weren't interested in the place, and so everything goes to rot. And um, it's it's very private, and we try to keep it. Uh, Yeah, well, I don't know. We're, we're still exploring the place. So this is this conflict again. Yeah. What are we showing? What are we telling? What's too private? There are mixed opinions on that. That's for sure. Some people say you don't belong there at all and uh, it's none of your business. Uh, but we say it's this historical preservationist stuff again. Uh, we can definitely understand that there are mixed opinions on that. But uh, I would say the the atmosphere and this this feeling of transience of everything, this is the most dominant feeling in this process. True. And there are urban explorers who go to places and have like a code, and this code is don't touch anything. Um, so if they watch our videos, they say, guys, please, please don't touch this stuff. Um, but I mean, we are explorers. We are there to find out what happened in this residential houses. It's mostly a really, really sad story. It's like a sad fate. Someone died. There are no heirs or the heirs are fighting for this place. And this makes them in the end abandoned the location and that all the personal stuff left behind or the old family photos. So it's definitely personal. It's definitely sad to be there. And we are there to find out yeah, what, what's happened and to find out why they don't care about this place anymore. There's always a reason why they abandoned this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can imagine maybe there's mixed feelings, but I personally think it's very interesting to, you know, also like mix the pieces together and get a bigger picture based on what you're exploring. And also there is a form of respect, I would say, in, uh, you know, um, for example, I've seen your video, you know, about the uh, celebrity, the Italian actress. There is some form of respect, I think, in like honoring kind of her memory and uh, sharing her story with the public. So I guess then it depends. The audience has to judge what they what they think. But yeah, uh, yeah I guess it depends on on the on the viewer. I think it's I think it's really interesting. And you talked about, yeah, visiting, uh, I mean, exploring, sorry, private households. Uh, there is some recurrent um, pattern when watching uh, urbex is that the places are often well of course abandoned but like the everything is kind of shattered the, it's kind of a mess i guess if i could use the this term and it kind of looks like as if inhabitants just left suddenly uh, do you have an explanation for for that in residential houses most of the time it's because they just died yeah and then this uh, air conflict is there, and uh, yeah, most of the time it's some kind of conflict which allows nobody to take private property, 
and uh, then of course stuff gets looted so uh, there's this explanation of uh, vandals and mm -hmm. things getting stolen but um, yeah sometimes we we wonder for ourselves <laughs> because uh, yeah. if you go to a hospital and you can still find uh, the files mm -hmm. this is quite sensible data and we don't understand why they don't even take this I mean, I can understand that they don't want to wheel out a hundred beds, which are quite heavy and not worth a lot. But this sensible data, at least, they could yeah. take. But they it has to be destroyed at least, and that's not that hard to do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So no, not really. Yeah, because often it looks like it was evacuated and people just disappeared. So that's also quite a, a strange, a strange feeling because normally we are used to when you leave a household, you know, you take your stuff and then you leave. But you have a very different impression, I think, with uh, urbex because it's very like just kind of the people inside just disappeared um, in one instant. So that's very yeah. interesting. I there think, are cases where they just see. went bankrupt, and this means mm -hmm. someone else belongs uh, all the stuff, uh, like a bank, and this bank now owns the property and what's in it, and they just let it rot. So that's like also another explanation for many of these places. It's like an yeah. easy explanation. It's, it doesn't really fit the mystery at all. If you go there and see all the people vanished and you think, oh, maybe they were abducted by aliens or I don't know. And then it was it's just the bank who just don't care about this property anymore. Yeah, but it's like that very often. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine it's hard also sometimes for you to to know really what happened in a in a building. Um, yeah, especially for residential houses. I mean, it's hard to find info online about residential houses and the families who live there. It's easy for factories and stuff. So what we really have to do at residential houses, we have to read the letters and yeah, stuff like that to find out what really happened. Yeah, most of the time we uh, we collect information and then we. In the video, we tell the story, we think it happened, uh, but in the comments, we read a lot of abduction from aliens or they like had, CIA to, agents they had like to flee or uh, I don't know, they did weird scientific experiences in their basement. And, uh, but in the end, it's all just theories. So who knows what's true and what's not? We can't say. That's another thing that, uh, that fascinates people about these places. This mysterious aspect so we see lots of uh, ghost hunters and stuff like that but to be honest we're doing this for 10 years we've been to places where for example uh, big big war crimes happened people got tortured so you would expect quite uh, quite a lot of evil souls or i don't know but we we never really came across something paranormal even though we slept in lots of places um yeah, but people they they like to they like to do it this ghost hunting stuff and all those places are mysterious to them so it's uh, I can understand this connection. Maybe you have to believe in ghosts to see them and we don't really believe in ghosts and that's why they don't show up to us. So I don't know. I mean, I guess it's probably very easily you can easily be scared in those. Uh environments um, of course. depending on your personality for sure yeah but it's true that that link is often made with urbex and paranormal um, activities so 
I guess it, it depends on the on the explorers. And um, and yeah, I I was also gonna ask you a bit about that um, the fact that the the places are um, abandoned and with the environment we talked a lot about the the environment and you see you know nature take its lead on the human race I think mm -hmm. we can say like that you also mentioned uh, one time in in one of your videos that abandoned places are not only a window to the past but also to the future could you maybe explain a little bit more what you think about that and um, also I've seen that you're very uh, for you, it's very important, the, the climate and the environment in general. So how do you link urbex with uh, the environment? Go first. You go first. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that's quite a big topic. Mm -hmm. um, so um, how do I start? It's, um, we already called it interactive museum. So you are experiencing history firsthand when you are exploring abandoned places and often in a way that you don't, uh, you don't normally get that close to history like you do there. So uh, browsing through letters, which are a hundred years old, seeing furniture, fashion, in general objects from that, it's just always a look and uh, often a travel into the past. Um, but those places are abandoned, nobody lives there anymore, and uh, you don't see any sign of human race. So nature takes over, nature doesn't care at all what the materials are, so it, uh, it eats wood, it eats iron, it doesn't matter, it just takes a, a different amount of time until what we, what we realized and what we uh, created as humans gets eaten by nature. So if we don't, if we don't care about the planet, it's for sure that human race will go extinct. And this is what we mean by taking a look into the future as well, because then our homes will look like those abandoned places. Now mm -hmm. we are no longer existent. So that's pretty much the, the simple explained bridge between past and future when you visit an abandoned place like this it's a look in the past but a vision of the future as well a possible vision hopefully it's not the only yeah. and we are kind of like time travelers so to speak so we go to these abandoned places and of course it's about the past all the time but it also can be about the future because we these places as you mentioned before look pretty like a wasteland, like a post-apocalyptic wasteland. And our first, we started with urbex and saw these places, we always thought, nice, this looks like a scene from a zombie movie or like apocalyptic movie. And these movies always show an apocalyptic future. So it's always about the future as well. And the big climate crisis, I think we see it right now is the biggest challenge for humankind so far and like a deadly challenge so if we don't really start acting right now and doing more against like this big climate crisis it will definitely destroy humankind at one at one point in the in the time i think our generation is probably fine let's see i'm not 100 percent sure about that but at one point humankind will like lose the space like its own 
environment where we can live. It always gets smaller, the place where humankind can live, and in the end, there isn't much left. But as I mentioned earlier, there's always hope. I mean, there's always hope for nature. Um, maybe humankind will die, but we can't destroy the planet. So it will regenerate as we see it in every abandoned place. It always takes back. But this shouldn't be our goal. Of course, we should try to save people. But for that, we have to start acting now. And I mean, like basically every one of us. It's, it's very bizarre because we are intelligent enough, that's for sure. We, we know what's the solution. We already got it on paper, but we don't act because we don't see this threat. It's too, too illusoric. It's not real enough because we cannot see what's happening. And while exploring these places, we got it right in front of our face. And we see what, uh, that, yeah. that nothing we lasts. We see that will happen. Yeah, nothing lasts. No matter who you are, where you live, it, doesn't matter at all. In the end, uh, everything rots away. That's kind of a calming thought. Uh, in the beginning, we were a bit uneasy with that because uh, it gives you this feeling that no matter what you do, nothing lasts. Uh, but it gives you lots of freedom as well because uh, of the same reason. No matter what you do, it doesn't last. So you can pretty much just uh, do what you want. Yeah, one thing I learned is stop over overthinking. I mean, stop overthinking the past, stop overthinking the future, even if it's like a destructive future and all human can die, but you have to live like for the present, the present moment. True. And that fits quite well to your to your podcast, I think, because uh yeah. we've got a very restricted amount of time to live. Uh, and after that everything it's transient, and so uh, spending your time following your passion is the best thing you can do. Yeah, I definitely yeah. agree with you. I think the only challenge now is to remember it, you know, because like sometimes you may have like a few minutes where you're like, oh yeah, I do need to stop overthinking or just you know enjoy time, and then you get caught up on like life, and then you forget about you forget about it. So I think the biggest challenge is keep up without uh, without way of thinking, and I'm sure your videos can be also like a uh, eye-opening like I go back to for example the private um, households where you see the, the pictures and the letters and I can say at least personally you know it's very um, eye-opening when you see okay like that will be in the future you know I will also be like a memory and uh, we all you know uh, leave at some point uh, this planet so it does I agree with what you were saying but you were saying uh, nothing less and that the other on the other hand you can see with those again pictures and letters that you do also leave a you can leave a trace or a mark so i think it's an interesting yeah. uh, kind of balance i guess yeah. yeah well the places we explore they are mostly abandoned between two to 50 years mm -hmm. sometimes a bit longer but on the on the time axis of the world yeah. this is quite nothing so True. 200 years the same house it uh, falls apart and you don't discover nothing anymore um of course in our lifespan this is quite much 50 years but uh not on the lifespan on this world mm -hmm. yeah for sure i mean yeah. there were dinosaurs living on this planet <laughs> it's crazy giant lizards <laughs> yeah i mean again. i don't know like at the same time you need to think about it but then uh, it might be a bit uh if you think about it too much, I don't know, you might get stuck also just uh, 
not knowing what you can do as a single human being, you know, to really make an impact, I guess, also. Yeah, stop overthinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, but uh, you also have to develop, um, you also have to accept that it's real. Because mm -hmm. most of the people, they close their eyes and they don't, uh, they don't think of it. But to be honest, we should think of it every day. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, yeah, that's a problem. Like you said, it's not easy to see what you can do as a single person, but it's not about what you can do as a single person. Of course it is as well, kind of, uh, be aware of what you're consuming, the way you're consuming, uh, but it is kind of a mindset you have to have. And if lots of people have this mindset, then somebody or something will, will change. That's for sure. But uh, as long as most of our society doesn't care, nothing mm -hmm. will change. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, again, I think that's why uh, showing those abandoned buildings is a, uh, I use the term again, like eye opening for, for many people. So I don't know if these are comments that you get often, maybe from uh, followers that, uh, you know, it helps to kind of get a sense of where we're going in the future. Is that something you want to work on even more in the future on your, uh, on your channel, this uh, environmental aspect? I think so. Yeah, because it's really, really important. Um, so far, we are always showing the legacy, so what's left of a place. And now we have to start working on our legacy, meaning the legacy of people, which means in a nutshell to save the planet. So to do our part of this, we are working on a climate series or a big climate film at the moment in connection to uh, abandoned places. It's hopefully only the first step of this journey of this climate journey, so to speak. Um, we Last year we filmed this already. We traveled all over Germany to see how brown coal mining uh, causes abandoned places. So it's actually pretty interesting because to dig for brown coal, we were using for like energy production, and digging for that causes a lot of people to leave their homes because there's a brown coal directly under their homes. So they have to be settled el elsewhere, meaning there are a lot of ghost towns in Germany. And in the, because this is also happening here in Germany, even though Germany declared to um, exit brown coal in like less than 10 years, as far as I remember correctly. So we traveled to the other end of Germany to uh, one village where people actually fighting for their home against this big uh, brown coal um, conglomerate. And yeah, we were interviewing them and actually it's pretty, pretty sad what's happening there because um, this brown coal stuff, it's all funded by the government and it's only the little people fighting the big state and so far, it looks really, really bad for them. Yeah, and in some cases, they, their uh, family, a family had to left like their original hometown. They were resettled to another town, and then, like ten years later, they, they have to resettle again because this big hole where the brown coal is in it, it's getting bigger day by day, and there are more, more towns are eaten. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Even though it's still happening, even though 
Germany wants to quit brown coal very soon. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, I think it's uh, great that with your channel, you have a platform and you can decide where you want to take it. You know, one, I don't know, you might focus sometime more on the environment and then another year you focus on another topic. So it's nice that you can have that freedom to decide, okay, what topics you want to focus on. And then you can also change. It's not like you have to always talk about the the same topic. So like, because you said you kind of started this channel not really thinking about it too much and not knowing where it was going to lead. So it's great that now you're at that stage where you can take it wherever you want, basically. Yeah. yeah. I think it always will stay about, uh, about curiosity. Mm -hmm. And curiosity brought us to this climate thing because uh, curiosity means uh, awareness as well. If you're curious about something, you want to know why certain things are the way they are, and then you uh, become aware of some topics. And so this is just one thing we do, and uh, we think it's quite important. That's why we put, uh, in the last time, we put lots of effort in it. But still, we will continue with urban exploration and uh, other travel projects, that's for sure. But there's just so much climate problematic topics out there. You have to cover because people have to know about it. Mm -hmm. Maybe then they realize, hopefully. Yeah, meaning it's not far in the future because people are abandoning their homes already today because of climate change. And it's only getting worse year by year. And we have to show that this abandonment is happening today already mm -hmm. to show yeah. it to the people so they can taste the reality. Mm -hmm, of course and uh, when it comes to the the environment do you then do a lot of research on on your side or you said you went for example to talk with uh, um in germany with locals that were suffering from uh, from a certain problem like how do you how do you intend to to bring this this issue uh, to to your audience for that we did a lot of interviews with like the mm -hmm. experts who really know the stuff and of course, with the people who are affected. So when we were traveling to this town that is facing extinction, uh, we were interviewing the residents and yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that, that's very interesting. I'm uh, looking forward to, to see the, the content and uh, continue to see the, the abandoned buildings and learn more, learn more about them. Um, before we finish also with the, the episode, um, I mean, we talked about it throughout the, the whole episode about why, what are the advantages of Urbex and what Urbex has personally, how it personally impacted you. But as this podcast, as I said, is about passions and also like how passions can help you overcome fears. Um, I kind of wanted to talk to you about that for a few minutes. How do you think um, Urbex, in a summary, how do you think Urbex has impacted you personally? and make you, made you grow as a person? So, I mean, of course, if you start with this, um, exploring abandoned buildings, it's creepy uh, and it's dangerous. And But after 10 years, I think it's not creepy anymore. So um, for us as, as humans, it's pretty normal to be afraid of the dark. I mean, sure, I can see that, but... Um, if you start facing your fears, for example, going to dark abandoned places, it's not that much of a fear anymore. 
and then you realize there is there isn't really a reason anymore to be afraid of the dark nowadays. So as long as you bring uh, a good flashlight, of course. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, you have just to, you have to start facing your fears. Yeah. Yeah, it's That's like sure. exposure. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And uh, urban exploration always gives you a different perspective on stuff because uh, when you walk past an abandoned building, all you see from outside is this facade. And then you find an entrance into the building and suddenly you are in this position to explore everything. You can pretty much, there are no such rules as like in our society, in our everyday life, but you can just explore every room you can uh, go through stuff you can discover history and this gives um yeah you can you can take this lesson so to say on your normal normal life as well to take a look behind the facade and this gives you so much new impressions that you just if you stay curious you will always learn and learning because you asked how we grow as a person uh, learning makes you growing. And so that's what urban exploration taught us. I think. Yeah, for sure. And then we had a whole conversation about the environment. It also makes you, um, I mean, I guess it makes you also, um, how could I say, like, uh, we, you talked about learning. It gives you more knowledge on certain issues like uh, the environment, for example, and uh, it's kind of like learning, but outside the classroom, you know? So I always think this is very interesting to experience uh, situations for yourself. And uh, I mean, obviously it's great to watch the videos, but it's also great if you can do it yourself and uh, really get the, the benefit directly for sure. Yeah, and yeah, exploring so. abandoned places is just a great way to experience history firsthand mm -hmm. it's basically what you are doing experience mm -hmm. history but in a nice way not like in a classroom in school back then which was mostly boring but now you really want to do this you can explore then you're doing the research and learn a lot so it makes a lot of fun actually yeah and like you yeah. said it's nice to watch the videos but it's even nicer to do it yourself so we we don't want people to watch the videos and then they say, ah, oh, that was a nice exploration. Um, mm -hmm. It's better for them to, to get motivated by our explorations and to do it themselves. But still, we are showing places to people they normally wouldn't see because uh, for people from the US, for example, it's very hard to get to Italy, to France and so on, the whole of Europe. So we show them those places, but still we hope that lots of them will decide to go exploring on their own even though it, it doesn't have to be abandoned places you can you can explore pretty much everywhere you can go to the forest and uh, start collecting shrooms even that's uh, even that's um exploring in some kind of way yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah i think it's kind of funny how it becomes you know maybe like more interesting to people when uh, it's mysterious because if you think about like museums for example you know a lot of people like they're not going to be like thrilled to go to the museum, but then when it's you going directly into the, the abandoned building, it's for sure a different uh, feeling. So, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how those places, if they were habited, then people would probably not pay that much attention to them. 
then since they're abandoned, then suddenly they become that uh, hotspot. Yeah, because it's like a, a gray zone that is kind of out of our society. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. a space where you don't have the normal rules which apply to our living. And so it gets very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it must definitely feel like a parallel world. Like you, in the morning you start, you're in the normal world, if you can say, then you enter that place and suddenly you're in a totally different world. So that's definitely yeah. a, an experience that uh, looks great. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. that's why for me, my favorite places are ghost towns, because when you enter them, you completely forget where you just came from. Mm -hmm. And then... After you finish the exploration, you step out of it, you get into the car and suddenly you're into into normal life again. Yeah. And before yeah. that you can uh, you can think yourself in pretty much every scenario you just uh, you just can think of. It's very nice. And how does that transition go actually? Because I can imagine that when you go out of these places you don't just come back like suddenly back into the our world if i may say like do you how does it happen like which kind of feelings do you have when you are done with an exploration well it feels pretty harsh mm -hmm. it, it's uh, not like a slow transition because as soon as you get out of the ghost town let's take the ghost town as a general example um all these impressions of normal society gets to you like you've got the car noises you've got music people chatting all around uh, suddenly you're in the busy world again and before that you only had birds and all those quiet noises which does mean that i don't like uh, the normal life um yeah well, it's, it's a nice break of course yeah it's a break but it's a it's it's not like a like a floating back into normal life it's pretty much you climb over the fence you land on the other side of the fence and you're back into it and it's nice as long as it's last so it's really fun to explore, but you really don't want to live in a world without people. Mm -hmm. So that's why we are also really hoping to save the planet with all this climate thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, people tend yeah. to, to uh, make this, how do you say it? Like to give it a romantic side, mm -hmm. this whole uh, wasteland feeling, but it's not at all. Imagine living in a world where there's no more water, almost no food, very extreme weather. It's not nice at all. No, so yeah, for sure. We should definitely avoid that. For sure. Yeah, and uh, I mean, also with your explorations, when you visit like heavy sites, if we can say, like, for example, hospitals, and maybe you have access to documents that can be like hard to, to, to watch, you know, like... Um, I can imagine that also emotionally when you get out of these places, you're not just back to normal instantly as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's also an aspect, I guess, when you, you have to be physically ready to enter the place, but also emotionally ready, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're kind of excited what expects you because you don't know what expects you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's what I talked about in the beginning, this uh, looking behind every corner and then there could be everything and that what fascinated us in our first exploration uh, because this room i remember it quite good this room with the red paint which looks like somebody shot himself mm -hmm. uh, it was very very strange to see this and there was no way we were expecting this and so mm -hmm. this was kind of the 
the moment when we said, okay, kind of everything is possible in this place. And we came across a lady who was uh, practicing her instrument because there was a nice acoustic and uh, her, neighbor, her neighbors don't get disturbed by her practicing at home. Uh, then you've got street artists who, who use the, the whole place as a canvas and they finally got the space and the time to really develop their skills. And uh, it's great. It's a, it's a nice place for everything. It's cool. Yeah. You never know what to yeah. expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does uh, definitely seem seem interesting and in, in terms of because now we were talking about like going there to find maybe like a relaxing uh, spot or just to explore if you're curious and then you recommended you know to people to not just watch the videos but go there themselves so just to to finish the, this podcast um, I think it would be nice to mention also if apart from planning just such as taking your mask for uh, chemicals or taking gloves and more like equipment Physically, do you would you recommend to people for to people to train, or um, like did you yourself train the first time you went to climb maybe, or you don't think that's uh, necessary? Mm, I think an active way of living is quite enough. Mm -hmm. So okay. it's not like we we build up a boot camp to <laughs> practice jumping fences or something <laughs> like that. No, uh, but. Uh, yeah, you, you should be capable of uh, just walking around, maybe climbing a ladder and stuff like that, mm -hmm. squeezing through a hole, uh, jumping over a fence. But it's not like uh, we did we did uh, specialized training for urban exploration. Yeah, you don't have to train. And I mean, if you can't climb the wall or a fence or the hole is too small, then just leave it and go to another place. Yeah. So if it doesn't work for you, then... There are locations with no fence at all, or mm -hmm. like, if nobody cares about the location, they've got no security and no no protection of the place. So you can just basically walk in. But please uh, be careful because people died on this hobby. Uh, and yeah, be careful. It's a rotten place. So it's really safe. But to conclude, then you would say it's accessible to, to anyone. You don't need to be like super uh, fit or anything like that. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, because I do think it can be a bit impressive. Uh, like from my position, for example, um, you know, you may think, okay, I have to be like uh, extremely ready or something for, for that kind of experience. So it's, uh, it's also, of course, yeah, be conscious of the risk, but it's nice to hear that uh, it's accessible to, to anyone. And that I guess you have different levels also, right? Like you have uh, buildings that are more difficult to explore and some that are maybe more, uh, yeah, that are easier. So you just have to kind of know where you're going, I guess. Also. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In some places, uh, the exploration of some places can also be like an expedition. Mm -hmm. For example, exploring a, an underground mine with a network of 32 kilometers for that, okay. You should be physically fit or i don't know uh, some places you can only reach by walking five kilometers through dense forest this one yeah, yeah sometimes you need a boat so yeah yeah sometimes you have to climb up a hill in the heat yeah okay but a lot of places you can just get out of the of the car park right in front of it and enter so it's there's something for everybody 
and I guess it's more common than we think also, right? Abandoned places, like now, for example, on the top of my head, I can't really think of abandoned places next to where I am. But from from this conversation, I get the feeling that it's actually not that complicated to find abandoned yeah. places. Uh, there's this phenomenon of um, you uh, kind of you get into a hobby and suddenly you see this all around. Just because you never saw an abandoned place in your in your hometown doesn't mean there aren't any, but maybe just it wasn't on your radar because you don't cared about them before. And now uh, you see a facade or you see a tree growing on the roof and you say, like, oh, a tree doesn't grow on the roof, which uh, on a building that's still active. So this has to be abandoned. And then you take a closer look, you see a window that's smashed in or you see that there's no more house number in front of it. So should be abandoned and then most of the time it is so. yes i think there are abandoned places everywhere and it will be like this through the course of time it always was like that and would always be like that as long as there will be humans and we are building structures so yeah you just have to go out and search for them maybe at first they are invisible for you because you are not really aware of them but yes yeah, as soon as you are aware you will see them mm -hmm. Yeah, well, this conversation definitely made me more curious to go uh, and explore myself. Who knows? Maybe uh, in um, in a while, I will uh, I will plan uh, um, an exploration. I would definitely be interested to to do so, and uh, I'm sure that you inspired many many viewers to to do the same and to explore. So that's really great, and I'm glad that um, we were able to have this conversation to you know know more about you and also about your work and just get more details about like how you became uh, urban explorers because I think uh, many people are interested in this passion even though you said that it's a bit uh, divided sometimes the, the opinions I do think there is a, a strong community that uh, that is very interested whether you're an expert or not I'm sure um, I'm sure it's uh, it's definitely interesting to hear those kind of conversations I will of course leave all the information in the description with uh, your YouTube channel and your your Instagram and um, I thank you once more for taking the time to uh, come to this channel. I know you may be very busy so it's definitely uh, I'm very happy that you took the time to come here. Is there a last word maybe that uh, you have? Uh, yeah, I just want to say something about passion because that whole podcast is about it and I really uh, like the theme you're you're picking here. So um, I see that lots of people who got a passion, they don't follow it because they're kind of afraid to do so. They've got this other regulations of society. Maybe sometimes it's not quite safe to follow their passion or they are they're aiming for something bigger and they tend to forget that they've got their passion. But uh, I can only say for us, it worked out quite well because we we had this passion of exploring and uh, urban exploration in general. And so we just, we go for it. And uh, that's what we do for a living by now. And I think more people should do it. So I want to encourage everybody to just follow their passion and don't overthink too much because that's toxic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you are a perfect example. Like you said, you just uh, started uploading videos and then it slowly grew so I think it's very nice to have uh, examples like you it's definitely uh, encouraging even for me who started this podcast not not long ago 
um, we were talking earlier about, you know, doing it for like financial reason or like for passion. And I kind of like experience, you know, right now, because I don't earn money from the podcast that I do, I do it really because I find those conversations interesting. And I think that's, that's the, the, the whole value of this, you know, so um, like to add on to what you say, I think it's great to have examples like you. And of course, to to follow your passion because you're passionate, of course, and um, and then it will, I guess, just uh, progress by itself uh, with time. <laughs> exactly. But uh, people they try to to force to uh, like they they want they've got a passion and they tend to not follow it anymore because there's no profit and it doesn't make sense. I don't I don't have time for this anymore. But after all, that's what our life is about because we've got a limited amount of time and uh, mm -hmm. spending that time with something you're passionate about is the best thing you can do. Yes, mm -hmm. and we invested yeah. a lot of time in this passion. Like it took us after starting uploading the first video on YouTube, it took us five years to get to the point where we can make a living from it. So yeah, mm -hmm. you just have to go through and follow it. Would you have advice maybe for that transition? Because can imagine maybe people listening to you and that have a passion, but that do need to, you know, earn money and make a living might wonder, okay, but like, what do I do, you know, for those five years, for example, how do I um, work, find the time to work on my passion, but also live on the side? Yeah, I mean, when we started, we were studying. Yeah. So we had like a main profession, so to speak. So when we were doing the urbex stuff, editing videos, we were doing this in our free time, maybe. Uh, after we finished working or after you finished learning so and but we did this like long enough consistently maybe mm -hmm. not every yeah. day but like we invested a lot of time in this yeah for sure okay so then you would just say even if uh, even if you might have downs or ups just keep going and uh, eventually you do get result out of it if you just keep going for long enough <laughs> absolutely Okay, great. Well, uh, thank you very much for uh, for the, those words, and thank you again for being on the on the podcast. It was very great to to have you on the show. Like I said again, I'm glad you took some time to to answer to answer my questions, and I think um, it's valu very valuable to hear your advice for people like me who don't know much about urbex, or for other people who might be more um, advanced. And it's definitely making me want to to go out there, to go out there and explore. So that's what I want also from this podcast is to, you know, inspire to people to get up and just uh, take action, I guess. So that that's very nice. And I really uh, liked this conversation. So thank you. Thank you once again. And I will also give you the opportunity to um, maybe say what your Instagram is, if people can contact you there or if you have any uh, last like project uh, you want to you want to share you can find us on instagram um, our site our page is called bwt urbex in one word but i guess just check out the description or show notes and you will find this link as well mm -hmm. yeah, and we are right. always posting our current projects there like a lot of photos we i mean mainly we are uploading videos on youtube but we are also taking a lot of photos and we are sharing them mm -hmm. on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Well, of course, like you said, all the information will be 
on the description. Thank you again very much for joining me on this podcast and thank you for um, the listeners to um, be also uh, with us today. The Instagram of the podcast is the live they live underscore podcast. All the information is below, of course. If you have any questions, you can contact me also on Instagram and I will be happy to, to answer you. So thank you everyone for watching and I'll see you soon on the next episode of The Life They Live. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> and thanks for having us.